Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. <laughs> what is up? Higher Learning is back on. It is I, Van Lathan. And it's me, Rachel Lindsay. Hey, guys. Uh, we're back. Van, mm-hmm. we're happy to see your face. We are happy you are back. Um, the Thought Warriors community missed you. Man, did they rally around you. They did. I, I really missed you. Uh, I want to tell everyone right now from the, the bottom of my heart, not just me, but my entire family, we were very, 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 very moved by all of the well wishes that everyone sent. It is and it was and is uh, a really difficult and hard thing to to uh, to deal with for myriad reasons, you know. Um, it's a lot of reasons that it's, it's, it's hard, but it's, it definitely helps seeing how many people like, you know, care about you and stuff. So yeah, that was dope. Yeah, Yeah. we do. We care. We we're here for you. We miss you. Um, you know, we weren't going to do this thing without you either. We're going to do what? (laughs) The podcast? learning we we're, we're a package deal man i was we're a package deal. i was waiting for emmanuel acho to be on here <laughs> i was ready for it. well wait i i he's a friend but i would never you know me and him talked right we had a long conversation after his ill-fated weed tweet yeah and i'm and and what what's the final verdict good guy good yes, guy good guy good guy yes, he is. very bright very sharp very clean and articulate as Joe as Joe Biden would call Obama. Um I fuck with Emmanuel. Like he's a good dude. He's a good dude. But I can tell that once again we had different upbringings because there was when we first started talking, there was a little bit of him that was like, "Are you telling me the weed isn't dangerous?" And I'm like, and he's never smoked before. But the only thing you can ask from a human being is what Emmanuel Acho has which is the willingness to have a conversation. That's the only thing you can ask. Yeah. yeah. Emmanuel and I, had, if you didn't already know, had similar upbringings. Mm. So it's, it's, um, we go, we go way back. We go way, way back. Dallas, UT, ESPN. Mm-hmm. Now we're both in LA together. Uh, we go way, way back, but I'm glad. Um, it was dope. You all had a, com- a conversation. I will say this though. I do want to corrupt him. Okay, man. I, you, you, I, it, You're not kids on the playground anymore. I know, but but if I wish that I could be the person that introduced some bad habits to him, you know, like yo, Emmanuel, man, hit this weed, bro. You're not you're one, you're not one of the cool kids. <laughs> it's gonna you, be that easy. Yeah, yo, Emmanuel, man, hit this weed, bro. Hit this weed. I don't want to do it. Come on, man. You can't hang out with us unless you hit this weed. You know why he wouldn't? You know what his bio says? If I followed, if I only followed one, it's, it would be Jesus. Wow. Damn, that makes me feel bad for what I just said. Crazy. Because mm-hmm. he's following Jesus. Do we gotcha. do we know that Jesus never partook? Is this something? Do we know? How can we know? that? Is this going to have to be one of those podcasts that we're going to have to do a deep dive? No, because I want to know, because I did have this one guy, because, you know, Super, super weed people, they always mm-hmm. have explanations as to why weed is the cure-all for everything on the earth. 
Mm-hmm. And I did have somebody back in the day tell me that Jesus was anointed with cannabis oil. But how do they know? I have no clue. He, he could be, could be not. We don't know. I don't know. I have no clue. <laughs> I have no I clue. An explanation. No, I didn't even ask. I was like, for real? It's like, you, I bet you didn't know that, huh? I bet you didn't know the facts. <laughs> <laughs> I always come with the facts. I bet you didn't know the facts. Is that Jesus, the whole time he was high. The whole time. I'm like, well, whatever it is, I'll tell you what he was. He was the truth. So Emmanuel Acho followed Jesus. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. So... I learned things about my dad over this past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the things I don't think I'm quite ready to discuss. Um, okay. In terms of things that uh, his life sort of mirrors with my life or my life mirrors with his life, however that goes. Um, but I also learned something else that I didn't quite know as many services as I've been to. Uh, Catholic services is that you don't get to eulogize people in a Catholic service. And I learned this. uh, It was my dad's wishes to be buried uh, as a Catholic, which is what he practiced when he was, you know, a a large portion of my family is is Catholic. Some of them moved away from it, but um, that's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I realized just how much I needed to say a few words. I don't think I realized it. I don't think I realized just how much, just how important it was for me to contextualize his life and to talk about it in front of people and to talk about him and me. I don't know why, but I was gutted that I didn't get a chance to. No, I think that that's, I, I, it's one of those things I, I wondered, you know, if, if you were going to speak, I didn't know it was a Catholic service. And I think it's one of those things where, I don't know, maybe if it's because you, you weren't, you weren't able to, um, or maybe if it's therapeutic in the sense of being able to say something, uh, I think that I would want to say something. Yeah. Yeah. It was tough. Your dad hit me up. Judge, the judge, judge Lindsay. I would really like to, uh, I would really like to really thank Judge Lindsay for what he said. I don't even know what he said to you. He just immediately said to me, "Can you please give me Van's number?" Yeah, like he was it was very nice what Judge Lindsay sent over. And it's just crazy that when I when I read something from him, you know how the voice of God his voice <laughs> I was going to say it's the voice. The voice of God sounded in the 10 commandments, which is a breathtakingly good 
if not historically inaccurate movie. It, well, how God, that's how it came across. Like I was by myself in tears, but I was, I stood up straight when it said, this is Judge Lindsay. I was like, oh my God, it's him. It's him. Did he say Judge Lindsay? It is said, that what it said? It said Judge Lindsay. Oh gosh. That's his name. I know, but like maybe like Rachel's dad or I don't let me know. Make sure. Mr. Let me make Lindsay. sure. That, Mr. Lindsay. Now, why would you, why would you, you know, want just... him to be Mr.? He left Mr. behind. <laughs> he ain't no Mr. I'm a Mr. This man is a judge. Like, yeah, he said, Van, this is Judge Lindsay. Like, <laughs> this is great. He was dope. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave very wise words. So I can see. My dad I can really, see. really likes you. I mean, like, immediately asked for your phone yeah. number. Immediately. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Uh, so because I could not eulogize my father at his services, I was wondering if it would be okay if I gave a eulogy of sorts for him now. Absolutely. You okay. shouldn't even have to ask. Please go ahead. Okay. So I thought about, I thought long and hard about the best way for me to sort of um, put into words the relationship that I had with my father. And put into words sort of the ways that we bonded, put into words sort of sometimes how we talked past each other, uh, the comfort and the complication of like Van Lathan Sr. and Van Lathan Jr. And I think the best way to do it is is through story, like always. Yes. Now, my father had really two things that just were the defining things in his life um, as far as like things that he loved to do. One, anybody that knows him knows that he was an avid outdoorsman. I actually brought back one of his bone handled knives and his horse wow. rope right there. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of stuff. His, his guns, all of that. He was an avid outdoorsman. He loved to ride horses. He also loved to hunt. Um, when I visited my father's home, after he had passed away, I was actually shocked at the condition of the place. I don't uh, visit Baton Rouge that often. And he was a, um, he was a, a very, uh, self-sufficient proud man but i did not think that the way that he was living was quite like that um seemed to be by himself seemed to be sort of uh it's like one room where the cords run into the room he was drawing power from somewhere else a lot of rooms in the house were completely empty. Only seemed like he was really using his bedroom and the kitchen. House was kind of far out, a little dingy, had been flooded before and never quite recovered from the floods. So that was pretty shocking. But one thing I noticed was that in my dad's room, he had a television that was sitting on a chair that he was watching the outdoor channel, of course. And in the middle of the room, he had a saddle. 
and next to his saddle, he had his hunting equipment. That was incredibly important to him, being able to connect with the land, being able to connect with the outdoors. It was really his whole life. It was how, it was, how he coped. It was his therapy. Um, it was really his escape, for better or worse, even from his family sometimes. I have those same escapes. Basketball, boxing, whatever it is. Just things to get away from everyone and sometimes express myself and sometimes be emotionally selfish and shut off from people. But that's how he was. The last time we went hunting uh, was off of, I think, Segan Lane in Baton Rouge. Now, a lot of people are going to be listening to this. They're going to be like, Van, Segan Lane is not a very wooded area. There's only a couple of wooded areas off Segan. That's because my father would put rabbit dogs in anywhere. If my dad came to your house and he saw you had a patch of woods behind your house, he'd say, hey, y'all ever seen any rabbits around here? And you say, yeah. He'd be like, all right, well, I'm going to come back around here Sunday around four day in the morning. And I'm going to put a pack of dogs in there, just one or two. Whatever come out, I'm going to put some meat in your freezer. <laughs> um. So we were actually hunting this time. It's a nice, actually big patch of land, to be honest with you, uh, behind a friend of mine's house that I had gone to school with. Okay, But it was big, big mm-hmm. enough for the dogs to run. Nobody's in danger. Now, I, I liked hunting. Liking hunting is different than loving hunting. There's, okay. You know, I like to hunt. You know why? Because I like to eat. Nothing eats better than a rabbit. To me, never had a oh, rabbit. Oh, damn it! Rachel is so good. Oh my I, god! I don't know if I could get past the way that rabbits look. This is this this the story is coming for you. Oh god! Gonna, this okay. is the deal. So, um, so whenever I would go hunting, the only thing I would think of was the end result, which is the rabbit in the pan, Mama frying them up, frying them down hard with a little olive oil, uh, and nice little gravy, and it's good. Okay. So normally what my dad would do is he would go in, he would put the dogs into the thicket, into the woods, whatever. And he would place me exactly where he knew the rabbit would come out because he knew this. He had hunters Mm -hmm. ESP. Mm -hmm. Um, He knows where the rabbit's going to show up at. So he puts you right here because he doesn't care if he kills. He wants me to kill because he wants me to have the same addiction that he has. <laughs> so so he always puts me in a position to succeed. So I remember this one particular day. This is the last time I went hunting. I uh, might have been 15 or 16. Um, He puts me right in a spot and he goes, all right, watch right there. He puts the rabbits, uh, he puts the dogs in the woods. Now, the thing about this is the rabbit is always going to be way ahead of the dogs. Way ahead. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you hear the dogs, hey, 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 way back there, be looking for the rabbit. The, the more you hear, the closer you hear them, not when they're right on top of you, but right when they're in earshot, they're on his trail, but he's way ahead of them. Okay. Way ahead of them. Now, I killed rabbits before. Lots of rabbits. Mm-hmm. Killed a lot of them. Normally when you kill a rabbit, that sucker is moving. I know you guys have seen the History Channel, or not the History Channel, the Nat Geo or whatever, and you see a rabbit, and the rabbit is moving, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He's moving. He's like getting up, boom, boom, boom. So you really only have 
the chance to raise your shotgun, line him up, boom, he's dead. Okay. Now, when you see the rabbit after he's been shot, he's not cute. He's got quail shot in him. He's got fine shot in him. Now he looks like you don't even want to look at him. The thing you want to do is you want to dress him as quick as you can, get him in your back sack, and then get home and fry him up. You don't want to look at him too much because you can even, you can sense the finality of death. Like you can see it. The animal, Mm -hmm. you can see the soul not in the animal anymore. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I'm standing there. And I'm waiting for the rabbit to come out. Uh, I hear the dolls. I know it's getting close. And something happens. The rabbit comes out. Mm-hmm. But instead of streaking across the opening where I could get my gun up to shoot him, um, he stops. Okay. He just freezes. Yeah. The rabbit like, just freezes. Right, like directly in front of you. Directly in front of me. Oh, gosh. I'd say maybe 11 feet. Oh. He just freezes. He stops. He literally tips out. He doesn't even run out. He tips out and he stops and he looks directly at me. And I swear to God, I locked souls with the animal. I believe you. I'm looking at the animal and I realize, Jesus Christ, this is cute. This is a cute little furry woodland creature. And he's looking at me like, you really want to do this, dog? <laughs> I'm just trying to hop home to my family. This how you going to do me? You know what I mean? You haven't had enough? You haven't had enough of my people already? You going to do this again? And I kind of looked back at him and I was like, you know what? You got it, man. So I froze. The rabbit froze. Mm-hmm. The rabbit, after a while, tipped on into the weeds into the thicket about 10 minutes later my father comes the dogs come my dad looks at me he goes did that rabbit come out here I was like nope he was like you mean to tell me because he's watching the way the dogs come come out of the brush Yeah. looks at me he goes you mean to tell me that that rabbit did not come out of that brush right there. You never saw him. And I was like, I don't know, maybe my back was turned. He's like, why would your back been turned? There's nothing back there. Your back wouldn't have been turned. I was like, I don't know. I might have turned around or something. He's like, forget about it. Just tell me yes or no. Did you see the rabbit? Because if not, we got to put the dogs back on him. I'm like, no. And he just looked at me. I just looked at him. He knew that that was a lie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so that was a lie that I held from my father for 20 some odd years. In a conversation earlier this year, I think it was around January or February, I told my dad. I was like, Dad, I want to tell you something. He's like, what? I saw the rabbit that time. He's like, what are you talking about? It's like, remember when we was hunting um, behind Shelly in them house and a rabbit tipped out or you didn't know that he tipped out, but he came out right in front of me and I told you I didn't shoot. I, I, I told you I didn't see him. It's like, I did see him. I just didn't shoot him. I couldn't shoot him. 
and he laughed. He laughed as hard as I've ever heard him laugh before mm-hmm. in my life. He goes, why in the world didn't you tell me hmm. that you saw the rabbit and you couldn't pull the trigger? He was like, you don't think that's ever happened to me before? Mm. And I was like, no. No. The reason why I would never think that something like that would happen to my father mm-hmm. is because the measure of manhood and the degree to which I think his standard is unachievable, I cannot begin to articulate on this podcast. I've spent my entire life wanting to make one person proud of me. Yeah. Like legitimately one person. I don't drive around in fancy cars. I don't drape like jewelry all off my body. I don't do any of that stuff because none of that stuff was impressive to my father. Mm. And in the ways that I could impress him and make him proud of me, I always felt like I felt I fell just a little bit short. But what I was doing to him for all of that time was holding him to a standard that not even he could achieve. Mm. When I finally told him about that, I realized after years and years and years that my dad was just a dude too. He told me half a dozen stories about seeing beautiful deer that he thought were were too perfect to kill. Mm. About not being able to get his gun up about times when other points in his life to where he wanted to meet a moment and he couldn't. But we wasted almost a lifetime never discussing that. What he showed me was absolute strength and what I feel like I showed him was absolute weakness. And so for me, having my father passed away, pass away, more than anything, I reacted selfishly because I lost the opportunity to prove to him that I was who I think that I am. When we had the conversation that we had, when we talked about it, as much as he laughed and told me that uh, that it was okay when I was a kid and whatever, I still didn't believe him. I still was thinking to myself, yo, what does he really think about me? Like he climbs up in a deer stand with a deer stand on his back with a bad heart, puts it up there, stays out there all day. He goes out by himself, contracts a job, pours the whole thing up. He's like a eat what you kill kind of guy. 
I was anxiety and Star Wars and oh, what's going to happen when the ozone layer depletes and fighting kids at school because <laughs> they called you nigga and just completely different. I never thought that he understood. So I guess if I was saying words about my dad, what I would say is that the thing that I'm most sad about is that I don't think I ever really knew him. I don't think that I ever really got a sense of who he actually was. There was just something that as much as I revered him and as much as he taught me, there was a space there and I filled it with stuff and I don't even know if it was his stuff. So the best way that I can really honor my father is to not let that happen in the relationships that I care about now is to not have people fill in the spaces between me and them with stuff, be it insecurity, be it um, pain, anguish, whatever it is. I want to fill the space between me and people. Uh, I loved him, but it was more akin to worship. And I'm not sure that's what he wanted. I think he just wanted to find some kind of way to like uh, connect with his son. And so I mourn that. Like I mourn the fact that even the way I talk about him on the podcast, I go back and listen to it. <laughs> I just looked up to him. I really did. Um, so I'm going to miss my father. I'm going to miss the man that I made him out to be. And I think a part of me is going to miss not ever knowing the man that he actually was. That's that. Can I say something? Mm -hmm. What compelled you to ask your dad to mention that story to your dad <clears throat> at the beginning of this year? Ah, uh, that's a good question. Um, I think, uh, I think after everything that happened last year, I think I just wanted him to know that I didn't shoot. I think I wanted him to be comfortable with who I was. I don't know. I just wanted to, I just wanted to know what he was going to think about me. The actual me. <laughs> I guess I just, I'm listening to what you're saying 
the first thing I thought of, the reason I asked you that question is because the first thing I thought about when you said that is after all these years, why in that moment would you ask that question? It's deeper than that to me. It wasn't just like a random thought. It might've been something you've been thinking about. It's crossed your mind over the last few years or several years. But for some reason in that moment, you asked that question and you had a level of understanding about your dad that you never had before. That means yes. something. And I guess, you know, like you say you didn't know him, but the way you shared him on this podcast, the, the stories that you would tell, whether they were funny, whether they had a meaning behind them, um, whether they were just like crazy and ridiculous, it all told a certain side to your dad. And so like, I do feel like, and I'm listening to you too, and you're like, your dad liked this, and you like Star Wars, your dad liked this, and you like this. Sometimes I think as parents, because I, I revere my dad maybe to an unhealthy level too, and it's, I do things completely opposite from him. Right. To the point where I think that he's not proud. He doesn't like understand what I'm doing or he'll always be like, are you getting paid off that? Like, what are you doing? That's like as if it's almost ridiculous. But I think that there's something in our parents where they appreciate that we can do things and we can be free in a way that they never could be. Does that make sense? It does. And whether your dad told you that or not. Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm sensitive or emotional. <laughs> Whether your dad okay. told you that or not, he knew it a hundred percent. So like, it, like I, I'm emotional because I'm hearing you say that you, that you feel this way, or maybe you connect a certain way with your dad, but I know you did. And I know he, I know he felt it. Whether he told you or not, I feel like our dads are the same where they don't really tell you. They never really do, but they see it. They know it. Hmm. I don't know. I just want you to hold on to that. I'm not, I, I, you know, I understand. I received that. I will say one thing. I'll correct one thing is that he did like Star Wars. Okay. I, I did just okay. forget about that. He did like, he, so you know what Star Wars, The Phantom Menace is? Come on, Dan. You know of I course don't. you don't. You, you know, don't know I don't. <laughs> so, so one of the funniest moments in my entire life. So Star Wars, The Phantom Menace is a prequel. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a prequel okay. to the rest of the Star Wars movies. And it tells the story of a young Anakin Skywalker. Mm -hmm. Now, Anakin Skywalker goes on to become Darth Vader. I'm assuming you know who Darth Vader is. Wait, so he's related to Luke Skywalker? Oh, that's his right. I'm your father. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's all hey, <laughs> look at that. Hey, look at that. Um, right. So Anakin Skywalker is Luke Skywalker's dad. Okay. Spoiler alert. Darth Vader. Hopefully, you guys, I didn't spoil anything from having in 1980 for you guys. So, my father, I don't think quite, he didn't quite get the prequel aspect of this, right? <laughs> you know, my dad never really thought about, like, stuff with prequels. My, my dad would say The Empire Strikes Back was the baddest movie he ever saw. He's like, that's some bad shit. That's some, they, they was, that Luke Skywalker, he bad. That's a bad motherfucker right there. <laughs> Went up against a guy that got it was his daddy. It was his daddy the whole time. I just show you sometimes, boy. Sometimes, sometimes, boy, you gotta go ahead. You gotta. It can't be two bulls in the same pen. Sometimes, <laughs> boy, if it's one bull in there, that young bull gotta go get it from that older bull, and that's what Luke Skywalker was doing. So one day that's gonna happen with me and you. 
You know, one day that's going to happen with me and you. You're going to bring your ass in here because a man don't take care of another man. You're going to think you're a man <laughs> and either the old bull going to win or the young bull going to win. But it can only be one bull. All right. So when the, when the prequels came out, my father thought that they were actually sequels. Because number one, they don't look nothing like the old movies. They look better. It makes sense. It makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, today. yeah. Like they, they, they don't look nothing like the old movies, right? They look better, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the Jedi actually even fight flashier. It just he thought it would they were sequels, and so Phantom Menace comes out. I go to the movies to see it probably six or seven times, but now it's on DVD and I'm watching it at the house. And my dad is like, uh, now that little boy. Because Anakin Skywalker is a little boy in the movies. He goes, that little boy. Who is that little boy? And I was like, uh, oh, that's Anakin Skywalker. And he goes, oh, that's Luke Skywalker's son. And I was like, no. Anakin Skywalker, dad, is Darth Vader. That's This is a prequel. This happened before. And he was like, what you mean? I was like, this happened 40-some-odd <laughs> years or whatever before the movies. They, they're showing you how things got to where they are. And he was like, so you mean to tell me that little boy right there is Darth Vader? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, why won't somebody cut his fucking head off? <laughs> and I'm like, what? He was like, that's Darth Vader. He, they they going to blow up the whole galaxy. Why won't somebody just cut his head off? They need to kill him now. And I was like, Dad, they're not going to kill the kid. This is how the kid turns into the thing. He's like, nah, I can't look at this shit. Turn this shit off. Turn it off. He's like, cut this shit off. <laughs> like, cut this shit. I don't want to look at this shit. Because all they got to do right now, that's what's wrong. All they got to do right now is get rid of that motherfucker right there. And then I was, and then I, I never forget, I go, well, Dad, if you kill Anakin, there would never be a Luke. And Luke's your favorite guy. He paused for a second. And he goes, you know what you do? You get your motherfucking ass up and go out there and feed them horses. How about you Luke Skywalker that? <laughs> like Luke Skywalker that. Luke Skywalker your ass out there to that barn and you feed them goddamn horses. <laughs> Confusing me with all of this stuff. I'm with but, you, uh, Yeah, well, yeah, you would be. Also, um, that's like Looper. Literally, your daddy was writing the, the, the script to Looper. Well, I mean, look, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, it's it's not that... And this was another thing is that like it, it was not that big of a it's not that hard to understand. <laughs> this happened before. It's not it's not that difficult. It's not that difficult to understand. Like this happened before. This he was, didn't want to understand it. <laughs> no, he doesn't know. He in his mind, Darth Vader is a fixed evil character, even though he turns good at the end. And he doesn't he does? want, really want to know. I'm never gonna watch Star Wars now. Too- yeah, Darth Vader. The last thing that he does before he, he, he dies is he picks the Emperor up and he throws him. In- stop! Stop! This is th- I haven't th- th- seen years and years ago. One of them, not a one. How many are okay. there? Nine, ten. Uh, three, 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 nine. Um, but then there's Rogue One, and then there's Solo. See? So there are a couple of offshoot movies. It's a couple of offshoot movies, and there's some TV shows, The Mandalorian. Also, got like, so how do we get back to Star Wars? This, this, this is the whole thing I was talking about. See shared, how we started. A with, shared love we, of Star Wars. <laughs> right. He did. He did. He did like Star Wars. He did like Star Wars. Uh, I love you, Dad. Van Lathan Senior. Uh, rest in peace. I, I will never, ever in my life not think of you, and I will never, ever uh, forget the standard that you wanted me to to hit. 
and I'll try to be the man that you wanted me to be, even if I realized that maybe you weren't even that man. Um, okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Rachel. Yes. Uh, did you see Space Jam A New Legacy? I saw about 10 minutes of it. Did you okay, see it? Okay, you didn't like it. No, no, huh? no, 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 no. It's not that. Did you see it? I watched it. You got a screener because it is not at, it's not available at home yet. HBO Max. Oh, I thought it was 30 days after in theaters. Oh, I got to watch it mm. then. No, it's 30 days after that it'll stop. Oh, I didn't get that right. Okay, well, I saw about 10 minutes of it because I because I went to the premiere uh, to interview oh, interview oh. the folks. Interview the folks. Yeah, I had to work. I had to work. So you went to the premiere of Space Jam. I worked the red carpet. I didn't go inside you worked, to watch it. You, 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 so, oh, so you didn't go inside to watch. How'd you see mm-hmm. 10 minutes of it? I had a screener. <laughs> You had to screen it and you didn't even watch it. But I look, do, do you but do you have to watch it to work the red carpet? No, but it helps because you're able to like point things out in the movie and bring certain things up. But I mean, we didn't get LeBron like that, right? It was like a press conference. You know, LeBron stood in three spots, we had to throw our mics up there and ask one question. Did they, you get they, to ask him something? Yes, but they act they acted like he couldn't walk down to each outlet like everybody else did. They were like, he doesn't he doesn't normally do media. He's not used to this. LeBron knows how to do this. This is after every game. Stop. So wait, you felt played. Well, it was just more an- annoying because I I had a lot of questions to ask. I only got to ask one. What did you ask him? I asked him about the inclusion of women in this film versus the one 25 years ago in the in- and the importance of doing that. With WNBA, it starts off with his mom, and I saw the first 10 minutes. Um, 
His wife is a strong figure in the movie, helping him develop the relationship with his son. So talk, ask him about that. And he gave a very great answer about growing up in a single parent home, uh, what his mom meant to him, what black women mean to him. It was a great answer. Okay. That's amazing. So look, mm -hmm. I, look, I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy stuff when we can, what? what? No, no, wait, I keep going, keep going. You enjoyed the movie? <clears throat> keep going. I want to hear, I want to hear your thoughts. No, oh. but here's the thing. I, I didn't enjoy it, but it didn't <laughs> suck. Oh, here's the thing. It, it's fine. It, it, what people have to understand is this. So this is what happened. So Space Jam debuted at number one at the box office, right? $31.65 million. People are going to look at that number and go, hey, that was low. No, because you don't know how many people like myself watch it on HBO Max. So right. I think 31.65 million bucks, it debuted at number one. I think Warner Brothers is happy with that. Well, I think they're happy. And it beat Black Widow, which is huge. MCU, you know, it's a big universe. All y'all yeah, in the it, MCU, it, it, I don't know anything about it. It beat Black Widow. It beat Black Widow in like Black Widow's like, was it second or third, third or fourth week? It's it MCU really though. Much. Like the people come out to watch that stuff, kind of stuff like crazy. Yeah, they, they watch it like crazy, but only for a set time. It's not like Black Widow was going would, to like dominate for like six months. No, but we're talking second or third week. Anyways, even I think LeBron was that, which is why he was bragging about it. Continue. What? Donnie, Donnie, what week was Black Widow in? Was this the second week of Black Widow or the third week of Black Widow? It does. This was his second week. And okay. actually, it was the biggest drop off box office wise for a Marvel movie. Right, because, because it was a woman. That's what that's what people are trying to say. Is because it was a woman. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it was the biggest drop off. Maybe because it wasn't that great. Had nothing that. to do with it being woman. <laughs> See, you don't even know. It had nothing to do I don't with do being MCU. Woman. Here's the thing: Black Widow was fine. Black Widow was fine, and Space Jam was fine. LeBron James. The movie was apparently raked over the coals by the critics. Who? Oh, really? I guess. Oh, hell yeah. What were they critical about? Is it the same reason you didn't like it? What did they say? No, they, they, were, they were literally, they were watching Space Jam like it was goddamn Moonlight. <laughs> the character development of both Bunny and Daffy Duck. It was not a very strong performance by Daffy Duck. Look, no, I'm not saying, they could take, look, I'm not saying Richard Roper said that it was, Richard Roper hated it. And by the way, the original Space Jam was, was reviewed pretty poorly too. I'm not saying that like uh, you can't go to a, a a cartoon movie and be thoroughly entertained, and which leads me to my point. I am saying that I think we are putting a one size fits all sort of blanket on films like this. These films are particularly for kids. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I think there's one culprit behind this: Pixar. Okay. Why? Pixar has ruined the, the, the cartoon going experience for everyone. True. Because like a Pixar movie, really, there are jokes in Pixar movies and Shrek movies sometimes that kids won't even get. And you know that it's there to broaden on it. Space Jam, this movie, this is for kids. Right. Like Com there are Compared some to Soul. Yeah, Soul is very heady. <laughs> yeah, right. Like Soul is like like do you know Soul would have gave me a panic attack when I was a kid all this talk about life and death and shit Kids like that. Kids don't get it. My nephews are obsessed with it for different reasons than we they don't mm. get the bigger picture of it. Right. So, uh Space Jam it got killed by the critics and LeBron he he of course he hit back as all basketball players 
uh, of this generation. They always snap back. It says, Space Jam, a new legacy. Oh, my goodness. Goodness, it finally just hit me. I can't believe it. I'm so honored. I'm so humbled. This is crazy. It doesn't make sense to me. But I've got so much energy today. I hope everybody goes out, check it out, the movie theaters, HBO Max, whatever is around you. Please check it out. I promise you won't be disappointed. I'm just super hype right now. I can't control my energy right now. I'm watching my son play now playing this basketball game in Augusta, Georgia. My wife is right next to me. She's looking at me crazy because it's like 8 o'clock in the morning. And then that's what he said before. And then he put high haters to the movie after the movie opened up with a $32 million opening weekend. Um, I guess, you know, I guess I'm happy for LeBron. Sure. Can I, can I be honest with you? I don't really give a fuck. I, you know, like, here's the thing. I, it, 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 it's like, you know what this is really about? This is about the fact that no one is going to look at this Space Jam movie like the original Space Jam movie. That's not true. Which is, I, don't, I, I think that's true. I don't think anyone's going to look at this one as like the original Space Jam movie. What do you mean by that? Because if you're talking about us, yeah, because we grew up on the other one. But the kids, kids now, this generation of kids is going to appreciate this for everything we appreciated the first one to be. You think so? I know so because I'm I like parents. I like my friends who are moms are like, oh my gosh, you got to do Space Jam. My kids are going crazy over this. They don't they don't see it that way. So think about how it was for us because when I was doing research for it, do the red carpet, I didn't realize how how many people were critical of the first one. How many people said there's no way you can mix real people with the Looney Tunes. This is going to be weird. This is um, the guy who played the agent. Uh, there were like three other people in front of him because no actors would take that role because people thought this would just be such a terrible movie. And then look what mm -hmm. it became. So I think that for this generation, people are going to love it. It's got, all, it's got all the gaming stuff, the server sphere and all of that. It does. It's not that I don't think Space Jam a new legacy I just don't think anything is the way it used to be. Space, first of all, Space Jam has Michael Jordan. And this is the difference between Michael Jordan and every other athlete, right? This is the difference. Nobody is ever going to go as hard as Michael Jordan. It don't matter what happened. Dude could come out right now, average 65 points a game, three steals, five blocks, whatever. Uh, nobody's going to go as hard as Michael Jordan. Culture is in a different place. I think in a lot of ways, Michael Jordan and who Michael Jordan is has really ruined a lot about sports culture because he's this unassailable unapproachable sure. everything he did was the best everything and so now even this movie is not even lebron's like own movie it's going to be judged against space jam and the monoculture that we had then sure i asked so, anthony and, davis jordan or lebron and he what said, did he say jordan and people said he was going to get traded. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, you messy Brian, as hell. Why Brian would you ask him that? Brian like, showed me that he found it, like went down like a dark hole. He was like, look, people are saying somebody took it and they were like betrayed. And they were saying he was going to get traded. I'm going to put it on my Instagram. But I was talking about it in the sense of like, because some people were like, oh, she was talking about shoes. Because then I was pointing out my space gyms that I was wearing. Because LeBron came out with his own version of Space Jams. Did you see that? I did. <laughs> so anyways, he was like, but Anthony Davis is from Chicago. You know, whatever. Anyways, find yeah. it. Go look. People were like, but I will. he's out. But so, and I, I guess that's the thing. I guess the, the reality is that I almost think it was a bad move for LeBron to make Space Jam. I don't think so. And I'm and normally that is something I would say. <laughs> so why, so... 
it's just another thing for him to be compared to Jordan when the Jordan thing, the Jordan love and the Jordan shit is just completely Correct, it's irrational but does to that this. mean that he shouldn't do certain things just because of fear of being compared to Jordan? I guess for me, I'm thinking about this generation of kids having something like we had. So, and, mm -hmm. and it's not a sequel, which I thought for the longest time this was a sequel. It's not. It's mm -hmm. a whole new version of Space Jam. Um, so I, I, I guess for me, it doesn't bother me because I'm not looking at it comparing him to Jordan. I'm just looking at he is the greatest basketball player at the moment. And so he is bringing this new Space Jam legacy to the forefront. And maybe 25 years later from now, whoever's the greatest in that moment will do another version of Space Jam. It just seems to be a brand more than it is like a comparison. Nah, man, do your own movie. Don't do no Space Jam. Don't yeah. don't do Space Jam where you're the Space Jam. No more Space Jam. Forget about it. What we jammed out. It's a it's a brand. It's becoming a thing, right? So like this was a new legacy. Then it'll be Space Jam. I don't know. Like Space Outer Jam Space. Three. We ain't stopping. Space Jam Four. Like, just do it. Didn't you know. just name well, me watch... nine, ten Star Wars movies? I don't understand. It's completely different. It's completely different. It's totally different. Don't. Your don't, eyes. Don't, it's, 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 it's totally different. Number one, it's totally different. Uh, it's completely different. It's a one saga of the Skywalker family. Shout out to LeBron. I'm glad the movie made a lot of money. I didn't care about it. But once again, you guys out there, it's not for you. If the kids liked the jamming of the space, then right. got. Damn it, it worked. Give good it for him. Me. Good for math. Good for everyone. Um, Jordan was just a regular guy, guys. Jordan did a whole documentary. His family wasn't even in it. His family wasn't in the documentary. So Jordan had some shit with him too. Get over this Jordan shit. He is the best of all time though. All <laughs> right. Uh, Justin LeBoy. Shout out to Justin LeBoy over there at the Respectfully Podcast. Just Justin LeBoy tweeted that he heard Kanye West's new album in Las Vegas. Uh, along with Kevin Durant. Um, and he says it's the best Kanye West album he's ever heard and that it's going to knock everybody on their asses. Uh, he actually said, Kanye he says, Kanye West's album is really done. When it drops this week, we're probably not going to listen to anything else for a while. The production is light years ahead of his time and the bars sound like he's broke and hungry trying to get signed again. Any artists who plan on dropping soon should just push it back Rachel after everything that has happened are you still excited for a Kanye West album to drop in 2021 I'm not gonna lie this may be controversial I'm always excited for a Kanye West album to drop I want to hear what he's got to say I want to hear what, what what what's different that he's gonna bring to the table I'm curious of, of anything else I want to hear it however this whole thing that that it, I'm not familiar with Justin LeBoy does Justin LeBoy typically get to listen to music first? Is he is this typically what he gets to do? Because to me, this seemed like a publicity stunt because he's really, really boosting it. I actually hope he's telling the truth because I would love for a Kanye album to be like that. But it doesn't it sound like a publicity stunt to you unless this is what this guy does. I don't know. I'm not familiar with him. What this guy does? How dare you speak ill of Justin LeBoy? I'm not speaking of ill. I, I'm not familiar with Justin. Mm. If he so said, Justin Justin runs like a meme page. He was he started Demon Time okay. there on the uh you know you remember Demon Time when it was time to, during the pandemic after a certain time it was time to get sexy and show off your sexy side to Twitter you know tweet your butthole or whatever like that. The Demon Time is what it, is. it started off Demon Time and then it had a Demon Time OnlyFans 
And then <laughs> after that, he, he made, it was a meme page. It's funny. Justin LeBoy, Justin LeBoy has a meme page, very popular meme page, very where he posts memes, posts like you know, other people's quotes and stuff like that. It's very popular. People go to it. But now he has a really, really popular podcast with um, Justin Combs. So there's, remember, oh, this was the podcast. Oh, that's who Justin does the yeah. podcast with. Okay, okay, okay. Got you, got Why you. Why are you hating on Justin LeBoy like no, this? Oh my I God. Just, I said I was that's unfamiliar who Justin with does him. The pod- I was like, that's wow. who Justin Combs. I've, you know, we've talked about that podcast and things that have come yeah. out from it. I didn't realize that. Okay, okay. Now I'm familiar. Remember, because that was the podcast when Saweetie went on there and made mm-hmm. the threesome comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, I was back home in Baton Rouge for a couple of weeks. And shout out to the Player Proof crew. We all older, but we get into the same type of shit, you know, <laughs> like we get into the same type of shit. It's so easy to set a fire in my crew. Just everybody sitting around and and just ask a question like, hey, man, uh, do y'all think that a threesome with two guys and a girl, what do y'all think about that? And they'll be like, that's not a threesome. That's not a threesome. That's a train. That's a train. That's a train. I'm like, actually, no. It's a threesome. Van, don't come here with your L.A. sensibilities. <laughs> Just because you're living out there amongst, it's a train. It's not a threesome. I'm like, well, it's three people having sex. No, it's only a threesome if everybody is interacting. I'm like, okay, let me ask you a question. What's the point of doing it if it's not a threesome? It's something that you guys are all doing together. Because you could easily have sex with one person, one person, whatever. Why you and your boys get together? Just face it. You wanted to have sex with a girl with your homeboy around. That was a thing. Don't ask yourself any questions. Just go with it. Nah, what you trying to say? What you trying to say? What you trying to say? I'm trying to say that I know what you did in 99. It's not a big deal. I'm just saying that's a threesome. You had a threesome with yourself and another dude and then whatever anyway um but no uh am i excited about a kanye west album coming out um no but i'm not not excited i think i'm curious i think i'm curious i think i'm over am i over being mad at kanye i think i am i think i am i think he'll probably reignite it but it's just hard it's hard to stay mad at him it's hard to stay mad at kanye i'm not gonna lie but why do you think that is is it because we know that like he has his own struggles. He's going through things. Is that it? Is that it? No, you got something else? No, you're right. But even that's like just making excuses for him, right? It's, you know, everybody goes through things. It is, but we're publicly seeing, like we've, we've seen public breakdowns right? with Kanye. So I think there's a part of you that feels sorry for him. And so it almost lets you excuse it. Like you forgive him. You're like, okay, I'm gonna give him another chance. Let's see if he's going to redeem himself. At least that's how you know, I know. I mean, you that's true to an extent, but you know what else is true? It's also true that there's still some stand-up people around Kanye. Like, John Legend still hangs out with him. And I'm like, I don't know why that matters. Like, that matters to me that John Legend still hangs out with Kanye West, that, that certain people stick by. Like, push, push a T is still John down Legend- with Ye. Being with Kanye doesn't surprise me. He stood by other people who've been who've had some issues lately in the public. What is he supposed to do, Rachel? <laughs> I'm just saying he's down what, for like, people. He's loyal. Is my point. Wait, 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 wait. Do you have a problem with John Legend sticking by his wife? Okay, I absolutely do not. I would be very disappointed if John Legend left. I'm just saying. 
left Christy over, <laughs> over, over, over what happened. I would be very disappointed. That? I would be like, really, you just going to dip out at the first sign of the trouble? Headline, <laughs> the headline, John Legend leaves Chrissy Teigen over mean tweets. I would be so <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying wife. John is loyal is my point. Yeah. Uh, so apparently Pusha there's a listening. That's your next person. Your name. A lot of people. Pusha T's a stand up guy. Pusha T's a stand up guy. A lot of people. My point Shout is a Pusha lot T. of people have stuck by him. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. A lot uh, of people. Uh, oh, you don't think don't Dave know. Chappelle stand up? Is that what you're about to say? You're not a stand up guy. Chappelle is, Dave Chappelle is stand up, but Dave Chappelle likes problematics. Dave Chappelle, I mean, Dave Chappelle just doesn't give a fuck. Dave Chappelle, That's you can't, <laughs> like, Dave Chappelle is hanging out with Louis C.K. And I'm not saying that he's, no, fuck that shit. I wouldn't hang out with Louis C.K. But, like, <laughs> but, but you know, Dave Chappelle, so Dave Chappelle, like, he he thumbs his nose. He's a, he's a repeated nose thumber, you okay. know? Um, but I don't know why. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a house nigga, because I'm, I'm not mad at Kanye West no more. I'm Maybe I'm a house either. nigga. We're, no. House I, nigga like. I think it's more curiosity because it's, I'm like, what are we going to get? Is he, how is he going to sound? What is he going to talk about? That's more so what I want to know than right. like, man, I'm just ready to jam. Kanye, no, I'm like, I want, I feel like it's going to give me some insight as to what's been going on. That's what I think. And that's why I think I'm eager to hear the album. Maybe it won't is be. Con, is there another Trump supporter that's as beloved by the African-American community is Kanye You know West. why? Because I don't believe, and maybe I'm making excuses, I don't really believe that he was a Trump supporter. I guess don't. I don't. I don't. I think he was not okay. He was sick. Mm. Right. So you're, so you're, and so maybe you're I, giving, maybe him, I'm giving him, an so excuse. you're, I don't believe uh, it. Attorney, attorney Rachel is saying, is pleading by reason of insanity Defense by reason of insanity. Kanye West was just out of his gourd. He's and his that's mind. why he he went hard though, man, for years. He went hard for years. Is this album gonna be gospel? There's you know, a listening we should session bring in my boy Justin Moore, because he was in the room when Kanye with that that infamous picture of Kanye with the hat on in front of Trump. And he's and my boy is sitting like this in the background. Mm. We should bring him in and see. Cause I don't yeah, believe it. So we will listen to the Kanye West album. We We're sellouts here. Is it really coming podcast. out Friday? Is it really coming out Friday? That's what they say. They okay. say it's Danda. They say it's got a lot of people on it. Baby Keem. Uh, a lot of people that are featured. I like Baby Keem. I fuck with Baby Keem hard. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Uh, we'll see. But I, I just, I think that being mad at Kanye West is it's like an expiration date on it. Now, it's a lot of people that are going to be a fuck Kanye West forever. I'm with you too. I'm with you too. <laughs> I'm not going to run out to listen. Well, I'm not gonna turn it off if it comes on. I haven't. Li- I tell you what, I haven't listened to any of his his other stuff. I haven't listened to any of the stuff that he's put out. But for some reason, maybe it's the headspace I'm in right now. I just I don't have that much energy for Matt. You know, I get that. Not, not that much. Uh, let's take a break and come back. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. 
Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Yo, why don't you tell your people to stop wreaking havoc out here in the streets? Who are you talking about? This Delta variant. Delta, Delta, Delta. This the Delta's out here. Delta's out here stomping on people. Don't you, don't like you a, affiliate that with like, my sorority? It's like an invisible elephant stampede across Stop. people's lungs. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Don't you Delta talk about Delta Sigma Theta? But but oh. the, Ooh, I've never heard you hit that bitch before. That I'm was a legit. Rusty. I'm a little rusty because I'm Ooh. hoarse. I'm a little rusty because I'm hoarse. Wow. Hell, boy, that brings back so many memories. That was like, a, they used to hit that bitch on the yard. That was like a mating call. You see all them goddamn deltas over there hitting that shit. you like, oh my God, bring your asses over here. Bring it. Uh, um, but um, no, um, yeah, the Delta variant is actually not funny. Uh, I wish it was. The Delta variant of COVID-19 is now the dominant strain worldwide. In the U.S., cases of COVID-19 are up 70% over the previous week. This week, deaths are up 26%. Outbreaks occurring in parts of the country with low vaccination rates. I'm going to tie two of these stories together. Okay. Okay. Um, low vaccination rates happening right now. The starkest uptick in cases are in Arkansas, Florida, Louisiana, Missouri, and Nevada. Um, it is quickly becoming a pandemic of the vaccinated, uh, which is what... Of the unvaccinated. Of, excuse me, of the unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. This is what uh, Rochelle Walensky of the CDC said. Uh, so what we're seeing is, obviously, there's some places where there's some places all over where there's still extreme vaccine hesitancy. And here in Los Angeles County, I think the number was about 99.8% of the actual deaths regarding COVID right now or due to COVID right now, due to the Delta variant are coming in unvaccinated people. Um, now, put a pin in that. Because... I want to go to another story that relates to this to that story right there, at least as I see it in the black community. All right. California is paying reparations to victims of forced sterilization in California state prisons. I don't know if you guys have heard this, but Governor Gavin Newsom has signed the state budget and including the budget is seventy five million dollars in reparations for survivors of forced sterilizations. Uh, of prison inmates allowed under the state's eugenics laws. Thousands of women, thousands, some of whom were sterilized without their consent as early as 11 years ago, are said to be paid in an effort by the state to make right its egregious and immoral sanctioning of a practice that denied incarcerated women the right to decide what to do with their own bodies. All right. 
I'm going to go down to something down here at the bottom. It says, the history of forced sterilizations in California dates back to 1909 and reportedly was the inspiration for eugenics programs in Nazi Germany. But investigators found hundreds of women that were victimized by the practice as late as 2010, even though it was illegal by then. $75 million is not going to make a woman's body whole, but it is something that the state is trying to do uh, in order to pay back victims of something that heinous. So I'll tell you why I'm connecting these things. Uh, at this particular point, anyone out there that's spreading misinformation about the vaccine, you're, you're killing people. Mm -hmm. Straight up. I posted that on Twitter and I let, uh, on Instagram, should I say? And I watched my comments full of anti-vaxxers and people like, oh, man, you got paid to say that. You got paid to say that. You got paid to say that. I didn't get paid to do shit. I've been in Louisiana for the last two weeks burying my fucking father. So fuck you. Nobody paid me. Nobody pulled strings on me. What I'm saying is if you're out there spreading misinformation, mm -hmm. if you're lying about vaccinations, then you are contributing to the deaths of people needlessly. I stand on that. I said that and I meant that. Okay. Um, if you've done all the research and you decide you don't want to give get the vaccine, that's that's on you. Uh, but the reason why I'm tying these two stories together is because as an aside, I want people to understand what we just read. What we just read was that the state of California was sterilizing women without their knowledge. I had never so heard you, this before. I, I never knew anything about this. Just I don't sitting know if you there. Did. I, I didn't know at all. I knew that what I did know is that the eugenics that Hitler uh, attempted or went through with in World War II and in Nazi Germany, really, he had learned uh, from over here. And a lot of the things that Hitler had that did a lot of even his anti-Semitism. He learned from the Dearborn Independent guys like Henry Ford and all of that stuff. It's true stuff. Look that up. But if you wonder why people don't trust the government and people don't trust uh, things that the government is telling them to take, and if you look at them as kooks, and if you look at them as people who uh, are 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 crazy, then you only have to look at that story as to reasons why they might feel that way. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to excuse vaccine hesitancy right now because it's killing people. Mm -hmm. It is. But it does mean that we have to be grown up to grown up enough to have these conversations in the face of the facts that we know. Yeah. And in the face of the history that we know. So maybe particularly on this issue. It's not the time for a culture war. Maybe there shouldn't be a culture war between the vaccinated and unvaccinated. Maybe what we need to have is a cultural conversation around things with people that are coming to these conversations in good faith. And I would say that there are people on both sides of it that aren't. Bullshit. Not true. Why am I fucking around? They're not people. I haven't heard very many people on the pro-vaccination side that aren't coming into it in good faith. I've heard dozens of people. Yeah. Dozens of anti-vaxxers. I'm not both sides of anything anymore. Fuck that. You only get one of these motherfuckers and I'm not holding my tongue. There's dozens of people on the anti-vax side that I don't feel like are coming into this in good faith and are using this as hysteria, using these actual real putrid facts of history, using this as hysteria to whip people up and they're hurting and killing people. Mm -hmm. The question is, and I'll ask you, how do we have a conversation both about the fact that the United States of America um has a disgusting record 
as far as dealing with the health care of its citizens, particularly its black citizens, but also in this particular time, convince people that the vaccines by and large are safe and effective. Like, is there a, is there a nuanced conversation we can have to where we bridge those two thoughts? I don't know if there's a nuanced conversation to have, but I will say this. A lot of the conversations I do have with people who won't get the vaccine, it's not because they're fearful of what's happened in history to black and brown people. That it's just misinformation. I don't really hear people say, oh, this happened. I mean, I've heard it, but the people that I know who won't get it, they're not saying that. They're just saying they don't trust it. So it's, 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 it, I understand what you're tying together, but I guess in having, if we're having this nuanced conversation or figure out ways to talk to people, that's not the argument that I'm getting from a lot of people. It's just that they don't trust it. Oh, it's too soon. Oh, it, it's not necessarily giving factual information that happened historically as to why they're afraid to get it. But to answer your question in regards to that, I don't know if there is a way to do it. I mean, because the facts are the facts. This happened in history. It happened to groups that were that marginalized groups that society, this particular society did not care about and that they treated as if they were less than human beings, which is why they were sterilizing them or using them as experiments. How do you get past that? You really, it's really a personal decision of just trusting that that's not happening. That's so, I, I, how can I prove that it's not? How can I necessarily say, promise you that getting the vaccine did not steril, does not sterilize you? How can I do that? Why, well, but why should you have to promise that to somebody? Well, for the person who's fearful, playing devil's advocate, I'm a person who's like, I just, I haven't gotten vaccinated. I have for everybody. This is just a hypothetical. I haven't gotten vaccinated. And I just heard this story about what's happening in the very state that I'm living in, that people thought they were getting, um, uh, a cyst removed and ended up getting their ovaries taken out and didn't find out till years later. Mm. How do I know that what is getting injected in me, a hundred percent, how do I know that what's getting injected into me is not going to sterilize me, a person who has yet to have children? You don't. But with anything, do you know with a hundred percent certainty? Uh, yeah. So, so it, it, it's, 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 it's weird saying that you don't. But you don't know do you, anything do you, for certain, a hundred percent. Right. You don't that know that the Advil that you're going to take. Right. Well, yeah. I, look, look. You know what I think I want to do? I want to have an anti-vaxxer on higher learning. We could easily have that. That's a great. That's a, how have we not thought of this already? How? I want to have an anti-vaxxer on higher learning. Great. Now there are a couple people that have reached out. Anti-vaxxer. Uh, yeah, they've reached out. Are okay. you familiar with Riza Islam? Do you know who that is? No. Riza Islam wants to come on the show. It's a member of the Nation of Islam. Well, got that. Uh, yeah, Riza. <laughs> what? Because of the name Riza Islam, he wants to come on. <laughs> But I want to have a serious anti-vaxxer on to have this conversation. And look, uh, I, I know that we always have to be careful about platforming dangerous things. And there are going to be a lot of people in the in the comments. Shout out to our thought warriors over there that the pop in this Reddit that exists. Our thought warriors. <laughs> what's up? Shout out to the Facebook group. Shout out to everybody. Gonna, people be like, why are you going to platform this? Why are you going to platform this? I think even more so for me. And it doesn't have to be somebody that makes a living as an anti-vaxxer. And I don't want to beat anyone. In, I, don't, I, don't, I don't work for the pharmaceutical companies. I don't want to beat anything into anybody's heads. But I do have to understand what some of the concerns are as they relate to the real world historical data that we have. Because what I would say is this, is that obviously people still go to the doctor, right? 
Like people still go to the doctor. They still take some pharmaceutical drugs. They still use things, right? They still trust. A lot of people still trust condoms to protect them (laughs) from, uh, uh, from STDs and from a lot of people still trust condoms. Some people don't Rachel. Some people out here going meat to meat. A lot of people are. Just meat to meat. Just, just I know more people straight. who don't use condoms than use condoms. What kind of dis? What? What kind of crazy people? So you are, are you anti condom yourself? No, I, I'm. Well, I'm married. So at the moment, yes. So you're anti condom right now, but like, <laughs> but before, were you anti condom or were you pro condom? That's a very poor question. We've never talked about this. I'm pro condoms. So where are all these meat to meat people? I just. That- it's more so like. I hear stories or personal experience where people don't want to use condoms. And I'm, I'm look confused. How, look, look how serious you are about this. So you're saying that condoms, as far as you're concerned, It's like people are like, oh, no, no, no you're on, on, birth, you on the birth control, right? Okay, okay. What? That's, <laughs> that's what we're doing out here? That is, uh, yes. Meet to meet. Yes. Meet to meet. But so I'm saying is there are other calculated risks that people take. But for something... For this right here, I think it's the speed of the vaccine. Because look, we really have to get to the bottom of this if we are going to dispel some of the myths and rumors around the vaccine. If there are people that are going to watch all of the stuff and read all this stuff and just not take it, it's America. They're right. You do your CMOS, do your turmeric, the whole nine. I'm with it. Cool. But if there are actually people, lives that could be saved, right? If there are actually lives that we could be saved by having a constructive dialogue about why people are hesitant to take the vaccine, I think it's worth the conversation. I think it's worth the conversation to do this. Oh, which brings me to another thing. Okay. Uh-oh, I don't like the way you're looking at me. What? It brings me to another thing. Uh, I've been asked to go on Candace Owens' show. Well, that's not surprising. <laughs> why isn't it surprising? Because she bring people on that, that that have completely different views and that she's going to get a big audience from like a lot of mm-hmm. people are going to tune in to see you and Candace Owens have a conversation. I think I'm going to go on it. I will, I'll be listening. I wouldn't, I would not go, but I would. Why wouldn't you, you go? I just, Why wouldn't you go? for the same reason that she's never coming on this podcast. What's the point? She will. She no, if we ask, we could do a home no, and home. No, 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 no. We could do, we could you, do, we could do. Me no, no, go on no. Candace Owens. No, no, no. Time we, out, time I, out, I go on Candace Owens, and then Candace Owens come no, on no, here, no, no, no. and we get what we want. No, no, no. Can it's versus not, Rach. No, 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 no. It's not that. She, of course, she would come on this podcast if we asked her. You and I have had a discussion of not bringing right. her on this podcast. <laughs> not bringing her on the podcast. I'm gonna of do it. Of course, she would come. You should totally do it. I will be listening. But what's the point? What? What do y'all? What's What's the topic Man, of conversation? I don't know. I don't know. They 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 asked me, and I, I'm like I'm in I'm in this kind of like fuck it mode. So I was like I was like Nah, I don't have any. I was like, you know what? It's now the time. It's now. I was the time. like, we gonna give it a beat. Nah. I don't want you no, to be I, in fuck it mode and go on there. No, I'm like I'm like you know what? Because I I told them like September, like last week of September. I was like, you know what? Fuck it, let's do it. I'm right. I'm about to I will tell these motherfuckers what I think about them. Okay, and then tell like, them like, to tune fu- in to higher learning on uh, tell them to tune in to higher learning. Fuck, fuck it. Speaking of black people, um, <laughs> so you're down to do the anti-vaxxer situation? Love it. As COVID Love it. runs rampant, okay. Uh, the NFL is going to play the black national anthem. Didn't even open up game. the story to read it. <laughs> I just can't. I, for what? For what? What does that help. do for us? What does that help? Does that do anything for you? 
You feel good? You feel good about the way the NFL handles things because they're going to play Lift Every Voice and Sing? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't fuck with Lift Every Voice and Sing like that. I'm not a Lift Every Voice and Sing ass nigga. Like I, it, I'm not a, I'm not a sing, I, I'm not, I'm not a lift every voice and sing ass nigga. That's I'm not, I, I don't, I don't fuck with lift every voice and sing like that. Like it's, I don't. Who I don't told y'all that that was okay? Like that that was gonna make the black community feel more okay about the NFL's treatment of black athletes? It, like I, that's what I. It just makes me laugh. It makes what? What you looking at? There's an there's an answer to that question. What's the answer? This entire thing is part of the NFL's Inspire Change Initiative. Well, what's the rest of it? Advised the by rapper and business mogul Jay Z. <laughs> so you can make an argument that when you ask who the fuck told the NFL that lift every voice and sing before games would help something, you could make an argument. That the answer to the question is Jay-Z. Well, it is. Because it's certainly inspired change. But I'm more so, because again, I didn't open up the article because I see the headline and I'm like, next. But if this is a part of the initiative, what's the rest of it? Because I don't want to just hear, did they name other things? Because this isn't going to come. So this is what they say. This is what they say. The league will also continue many of the social justice initiatives of anti-racism and unity on helmets and on the field and communicating to fans through signage and public service announcements. Uh, so they're going to play Lift Every Voice and sing, uh, and sing before each game in the 2021 season as part of a $250 million investment towards social justice. That's great. So, People won't even be in their seats when that's playing. Right. right. <laughs> Nobody now, will be there. <laughs> let me tell you why this is a bad idea. I'll tell you why. This right here is the type of thing. Uh, first of all, there's a reason why this is a bad idea. Number one, Nobody asked for Lift Every Voice and Sing to be played before the games. Like, nobody. Like, nobody. This is akin to, like, being with your significant other and you want to have sex and they give you a hug. Like, no like no, like no one asked for this. Like, there are specific things that have been asked of America and of the league and stuff like that. No one asked for Lift Every Voice and Sing. When they play Lift Every Voice and Sing before these games, People are going to boo the shit out of Lift Every Voice and Sing. So it's something that we didn't want, right? But when they boo, we gonna get mad. Correct. Like I don't like I don't I'm not a lifted voice lifted every voice and sing ass nigga, but when they view when they boo when they boo lift every voice and sing, I'm gonna be pissed off. And now we got a problem. This this is this is one of those things that helps nothing. Nothing. But opens up it helps nothing. But even the $250 million and all the other stuff, the signage and all of that stuff, that's fine. But to me, this is corny. And they can't take it back. So now that you've said you're gonna play Lift Every Voice and Sing, if you next season, if in the 2022. 2023 season, you don't play it, we're going to have a problem with it. Now you got to keep it going. Question. You don't like lift every voice. You don't like lift every voice and sing. If the community was polled for a song to play before, what would you, what would you pick? That's my thing. They should have asked us what we wanted them to play. Right. They, they should have rather than take this. Assume. Cause mm-hmm. like rather than assume, right. That we all fuck with lift every voice and sing that we like love that song. Once again, nothing against lift every voice and sing. I just does not that thing. It's not a, you know, it's like whatever. 
Like I care about the alma mater to my high school more than I care about hell, hell, McKinley High. We all belong to you. You were all do our best and always be true. Like, like I That's care more about how that I than feel about First Baptist. But keep going. <laughs> it's not that thing. We sing your praises high for you. First we do or die. So here's three cheers for old McKinley, <laughs> the school to us most dear. Okay, so um, I care, I care, I care more about that that I do live in a voice thing. I'm going to be real with you. So no, but that's to your point. That would have been dope. Let us choose. Let us choose what song is going to play. Let's throw that out there to higher learning. Uh, higher learning. Only higher learning. only a certain group of people can can vote now. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Yeah. The if we were going to choose the song is for what's, what song what song to represent us because there'll be some crazy shit, man. Maybe fuck the police. I was going to say fight the power, but... Let me tell you something. See if they play fuck the police before every <laughs> single game. That would mean something. That's taking a chance. Not lift every voice and sing. Get it, forget about lift every voice and sing. If you really want to... If you really, truly, truly oh want to go out there and be daring, play fuck the police before every single game. <laughs> play it. Every single game. Fuck the police. You know what I'm saying? Like, come come hard with this Ice Cube NWA shit. Okay. Uh, so there is something happening in the world right now that is uh, that begs our attention. And it is happening down in Cuba. Cuba is gripped by unrest. Um, there are protests that are happening right now in Cuba. Yeah. Uh, there And there are myriad reasons why these protests are happening. Uh, I think most people are in agreement that these protests were uh, inspired by very poor living conditions down there in Cuba. The coronavirus has been particularly hard um, on, on Cuba recently. Uh, and there's also an economic crisis that exists uh, there in Cuba. And people are taking to the streets to protest the fact that there's not uh, clean water, there's not electricity, uh, COVID infections are going crazy. But there is also something else that, that is uh, tied into this. The idea that Cuba and Cubans down there have been living under an oppressive regime for around 62 years. And you're hearing a word down there in Cuba, that word is libertad. Uh, that is a, a rallying cry for the citizens down there that they want the opportunity to have democracy and to have free and fair elections and to be able to attain the sort of dreams that people in other countries do. Now, this is a political quagmire for a lot of organizations out there. Black Lives Matter, to be honest with you, stuck their foot in it. So um, bad. Uh, Black Lives Matter, to be honest with you, stuck their foot in it. Black Lives Matter put out a statement. You know what? I am going to actually read the statement that Black Lives Matter put out. This is what Black Lives Matter put on their Twitter. Black Lives Matter condemns the U.S. federal government's inhumane treatment of Cubans and urges it to immediately lift the economic embargo. This cruel and inhumane policy instituted with the explicit intention of destabilizing the country and undermining Cubans' right to choose their own government is at the heart of Cuba's current crisis. Since 1962, the United States has forced pain and suffering on the people of Cuba by cutting off food, medicine, and supplies costing the tiny island nation an estimated $130 billion. Without that money, it is harder for Cuba to acquire medical equipment needed to develop its own COVID-19 vaccines and equipment for food production. This comes in spite of the country's strong medical care and history of lending doctors and nurses to disasters 
around the world. They go on to talk about how the Cuban, the people of Cuba are being punished by the U.S. government because the country has maintained a commitment to sovereignty, uh, has maintained, because the country, I'm saying, has maintained its commitment to sovereignty and self-determination. Um, a lot of people were upset about that, and a lot of people are upset uh, about <clears throat> what's going on in Cuba. When you read that statement from Black Lives Matter, uh, what did you think, and what are your thoughts on what's happening down there just 90 miles off the coast of your former home? Well, it's... In regards to Black Lives Matter, the the organization, it's it's so upsetting. There's so I just don't understand how they could get it so wrong, how they could be so ill informed as to like miss the whole mark on blame. I get they're blaming it on the U.S. because they want to blame the U.S. for for you know they want to make the U.S. the enemy. I I, I understand in, in that sense, but to ignore what the government has been doing in Cuba since the '60s. If not before, did I get that right? The sixties, mm, yeah, 50s, 59, 60s, late 50, 50s, six decades, we'll say, uh, to ignore what what the Cuban government has been doing, the way that they've been treating their people, the and especially for it to come from Black Lives Matter. When you look at who's in the streets, you're seeing a lot of Afro Latinos and Latinas at the front of of these protests, and that's because they are being disproportionately affected, even more so. All of Cuban, all Cubans are, but even more so. Black people, black Cubans. So mm-hmm. for them to say that, it it and, and and for them to also when they make comments like that, it gives it opens the door for people who so want to find a problem with Black Lives Matter. It gives them a scapegoat when statements like that are made. Because just because I believe that Black Lives Matter doesn't mean that I also believe that everything that organization with the same name stands for. I absolutely think they were so wrong when they made this comment. They are completely ignoring what's been going on in Cuba. They want to point out a couple of things that go towards what they believe, but are missing the mark and ignoring how those people have been oppressed for decades and decades and decades. That's why they are risking their lives to come escape over here. And they have been for such a long time, which when you ask me, what do I think about what's going on in Cuba? I have to look at myself and I have to fault myself in almost turning a blind eye to what's been going on. Because we have, we have, seen people come over on boats. We have seen them be on vessels and they turn over. People die trying to come over here. We all remember Elian Gonzalez. What was that, 94? I could totally be getting that year wrong. We all remember I was in college, so it was probably like 99 or 2000, maybe 98. Okay, so we all remember that even at a young age and we saw what was happening. But I have to fault myself for not doing the research and delving into what was really happening to that country. And now that it is coming to light, now that they are seeing possibly what's happened with Black Lives Matter, with other people who've been oppressed and marginalized, how they are standing up against the system. I'm glad that people are taking to the streets. We've seen protests before. They had a big protest in 94, but this is happening throughout the country. And so I'm hoping that it garners attention. I'm hoping that things change for the first time in a long time in the country. And I'm hoping that things turn out better and and in whatever way we can help, I hope that we're able to and and things change for for Cubans. Yeah, so it's a political quagmire. Um, And the reason why it's a political quagmire for uh, potentially for an organization like Black Lives Matter is because the history of what's going on in Cuba. So before Fidel Castro, Che Guevara, and Raul Castro uh, overthrew the government in Cuba, it was run by a dictator named Batista. 
Uh, this was called the 26th of July movement. What happened during this time was there was a dictator there in Cuba who was propped up by the West. Um, and according to Fidel and the vanguard, I guess, uh, of, uh, <clears throat> of Cuba at that point, um, wasn't doing right by the people. Over the course of X amount of years, Fidel Castro, his brother, Che Guevara, they overthrew Batista. They took Cuba back. Mm -hmm. Fidel Castro actually traveled to the United States of America um, and did TV and stuff like that and talked to people about what kind of government was going to exist there in Cuba now that Batista was gone. The United States tried to get Fidel Castro out of Cuba, uh, most notably through the failed Bay of Pigs <laughs> uh, invasion. Um and also through other things like Operation Mongoose, uh, which was actually, according to some, an actual clandestine terror. It was bad. <laughs> okay, right, right. There's a lot of reading that's there that you can go read about uh, things that 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 happened down there. So this is why it's a political quagmire. Uh, the Cuban government that exists there now is a socialist government. It's a government that uh, is supposed to have health care for all. You, you, you see that, that Black Lives Matter talked about that. Um, it's a government that has, has uh, loaned out its doctors and nurses. And if you are a far left person, what you want is what you want to believe is that the socialism that exists down there in Cuba is free from dictatorship or is free from uh, any exploitation of the proletariat, right? Of exploitation of the people down there. Now, the truth of the matter is this. It wasn't very long till after Castro actually overthrew Batista and took power in Cuba that he started to execute dissonance, that he started to silence any opposition mm -hmm. to him and his brother and the ruling faction there and in a sense became an authoritarian uh, dictator. That's a fact. So whoever else wants to talk about Fidel Castro and what they feel like the 26th of July movement meant in terms of overthrowing or or uh, or or fighting against Western imperialism, all of that stuff is fine. But the reality is that the people in Cuba for a long time have wanted freedom. Yeah have wanted freedom, not from any one specific form of government as much as they want free freedom from one specific group of people who are the people that are holding them back and holding them down. The politics gets involved in this because of the fact that there's a large Cuban majority in Miami. Those people tend to be Republicans. Those people tend to be Republicans because of the government, of the, 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 the United States government that was in power um, during the Mario boat lift that allowed a lot of people from Cuba to come over and resettle mm -hmm. here in America. Right. So there's a lot of allegiance to Ronald Reagan, uh, people like that. Right. And a lot of the people that are in Miami right now in South Florida right now that are Cuban, uh, they tend to be that way. And those are the people that are trying to support their folks back in Cuba. Now there are a lot of ways and a lot of barriers between them being able to do that. There's not just an embargo on things that are, that the United States has coming from outside of Cuba. There's actually an embargo inside of Cuba. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There, uh, there's, there's not 
it's not like you send money back to people and then they just get the money. Like it, 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 if it's funneled through the military and all of that stuff, it doesn't get to the right people. You end up supporting the government. The government takes a huge chunk. The people of Cuba are not free. Right. Okay. The, the, the example of what's happening down there now is it harkens back to what happens when America doesn't have their shit together. The embargo, uh, the the trade embargo has gone on too long, and there are definitely economic uh, economic ramifications against the people in Cuba for sure. But what's more happening is that the cultural war that is existing, the political culture and cultural war that's existing here in the United States, is trickling down to places where it's unintended. There shouldn't be any hesitation for us to support people that want democracy. Correct. There shouldn't be any hesitation for us to support people that want freedom, that want access to the internet. The mm-hmm. government is shutting down the internet in Cuba so that the people can't share information about how to best protest and keep this alive. Right. We should be on the side of people having free and fair elections um, without us even having to meddle in that. We shouldn't be puppeteers. Uh, we shouldn't annex Cuba politically and economically. We shouldn't do that, but we should be on the side of people who want freedom. But see, we can't do that. We can't do that because the soul of our country is so fragmented that we can't even listen to people who are screaming for help. Laz Alonzo went on and talked about what he felt about Black Lives Matter statement. And Laz Alonzo, who was a friend of mine, I spoke with him, who, uh, oh, that's my first one. That's my first there's a friend it's of mine. It's only a matter of time. Uh, uh, Laz Alonzo talked about the fact that uh, a lot of the things that socialism is supposed to guarantee people in 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 societies where it works right, it's not working properly in Cuba. It's not working right. Things aren't going right. People are being exploited. Does the United States have uh, have a hand in that? Sure, of course we do. Right. There's very few things that are going wrong globally that we don't have a hand in. If you to be quite honest with you, but what we should be doing right now, as it relates to this situation, is putting people over politics, listening to the people hmm. of Cuba and what their wants and needs are. It shouldn't be colored by who's going to win elections here in the states. It shouldn't be colored by whether or not you believe in hypercapitalism, communism, or socialism. It should be your moral decision about what's going on literally a stone's throw away from South Florida should have to do with what you think is right for humankind. And in order to do that, you have to talk to people who are going through it. You have to talk to people and listen to their accounts. Forget about the Black Lives Matter account. Forget about our account. Forget about anything. Listen to the people down there that are talking. They're using their voices. They're, they're, they're wanting to be heard. And so don't listen to Marco Rubio. Don't listen to Joe Biden. Don't listen to Kamala Harris. Don't listen to Ted Cruz. Listen to the people of Cuba. Yeah. And if you listen to the people of Cuba, you'll get very clear answers on what it is that they want. You'll get very clear answers on what it is that they need. And you'll also get very clear answers on what it is that they don't have right now. So everybody take your big, huge fucking American egos and put them to the side. It's not about you. It's not about whether or not you believe in 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 your specific form of government, mm-hmm. in your specific party. It's not about you. It's about them. Yeah. And if you can't do that, then shut the fuck up. Mm, well said. 
So that's the only thing right here. If you can't do that, chill. Chill. Stop. Like, to be honest with you, that's the whitest thing Black Lives Matter ever did. It's not about Black Lives Matter. It's not about what they think about the U.S. right now. It's not about that. It's not about the the never-ending need to be in a revolutionary pose. It's not about that. Love them to death. We'll still support them. what What it's about is... It's about listening to the people down there. But they're guilty of doing exactly what you're saying the government is doing, and that's putting politics over people. And if you're using this as an opportunity to criticize the U.S. government and its foreign policy rather than listening to the people down there, then they miss the mark as well. And you're doing exactly exactly what the people you criticize are doing. Doing the same thing. Absolutely. All right. Uh, You know what? You know what? what? We uh, We will actually have someone... Um, on the show, maybe last himself, but maybe go ahead and bring him, get somebody on the ground there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring him on. You don't like Laz Alonzo? No, he's. Of course, I would love for him to come on. Are you kidding me? Oh, you like Laz? Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> little Laz. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I'll I'll bring Laz Alonzo on, and um, and or or somebody in that, and and they'll speak more intimately to exactly how we can help and right. what what needs to be done. But never, ever, 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 ever turn your back on people crying out for freedom. Mm. Ever. 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 Now, you want to cut through the bullshit and make sure you're listening to the right people, but never turn your your, your back on people crying out for freedom. Right. Um, Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Nate the Stallion, Naomi Osaka. They all made history. And the the third one. Do you not know how to pronounce her name? Oh, is it Lena Bloom? Oh, that's the most important one. Yeah. Lena Bloom is the the first trans woman Mm -hmm. to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated Progress, Progress, Progress. What I loved was when this, I love the shade room comments under this one. I didn't see. Boy, boy, boy. Do I, we do have, we have a long way. way to go? I didn't see. God, I damn. didn't see and I don't want to. Right. I don't right. want to. We, but congratulations to all to these three beautiful women. It's it's love to see it. We love to see this. I you know what I do miss though? What? Like I, I'm glad that Meg the Stallion and Naomi Osaka uh got got on there. Because Lena Bloom, I think, is a model herself, right? Mm-hmm. So she's a model, so I do rem- I do miss just when the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue wasn't about like celebrity. But I don't think when this it- is normal. You realize that. What do you mean? No, Megan- they've been doing this for a while. No, Megan the Stallion is the first rapper. Beyonce yeah, but they had- Beyonce they had- did it, but oh, is it celebrity? Beyonce on there. But that yeah, was years ago. I don't think yeah, it's typical I'll- celebrities. I like it when we had to research the girls. Where it would be like a girl, and she would be on the cover of the Sports Illustrated, and all of a sudden she's like a huge celebrity, and then we had to research her and like follow her, follow her, follow her. So she got married to a billionaire, and then <laughs> that that was it. You know what I mean? Has it always been roster. more than one um, person? That's what threw it me off. It used to be. Okay. You know, in back back in '93, I bought a uh, I bought a Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition to McKinley Middle Magnet, and they they took it from me. Wait, I think you told this story. They did. They took my goddamn Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. I think you told dad, this. Mm-hmm. Dad was pissed. He was pissed because 
he wanted to look at the swimsuit issue too. <laughs> and then I brought it to school and it got took. Um, this is very historic though. Meg the Stallion continues to defy the odds. Uh, <laughs> the music is just not that good. Meg the Stallion, Meg the Stallion Meg continues. Meg the Stallion's music? It's just, it's not, just that not that good. You on your it's DJ academics? I gotta be honest with you, Ak wasn't lying about that. Like, what you do like, do you love Meg the Stallion's music? I listen to her music. Like, I listen to it in the car. Like, if I'm getting ready for something, I'll turn on Meg. I like Meg. You know, I, 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 once again, maybe Meg the Stallion's music is like Space Jam. Like, why would it speak to me? Maybe it's more for 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 the women. Yeah, it's for the ladies. Yeah. Do, I, look, here's the thing. The ladies out there, am I wrong about the fact? Because there, there, are, there are female, like, I listen I be honest with you, this is problematic. I fuck with some Doja Cat. No, I Doja like Doja Cat. Cat. No, Doja I do like Cat Doja Cat. Doja Cat is hard. But Doja Cat's verse, like she sings, she raps, she dance. Mm-hmm. Like she's like I look at her like an artist. Like she's versatile. Like I can see she crosses over. Um, but I like Meg. I do. Maybe it's the Texas too. No, don't get me wrong. I like her. I don't like her. I actually love her. I think she's an amazing personality and stuff like that. I but just I can't. like her music. I do, oh, like, do like it. Music? Yeah, okay. I really All do right. like it. Like, like, yeah, like, my... right, like who other, th- like rappers, female rappers right now. Are you into Bia? Uh, I'm into Bia. I like Flo Millie. Okay, Jesus okay. Christ, yeah, yeah, do yeah, I yeah, like yeah. Flo Millie. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. God, I've been on Flo Millie. Flo Millie crazy. I like Flo Millie, man. I think Flo Millie is out of here but once again once again just for the ladies it's for the ladies but i i just don't i look at it and i'm like meg is really she's doing her thing she's doing her thing she is everywhere though like everywhere she's everywhere she's everywhere um last thing i'll say before i get out of here uh before we get out of here a popeye is stockpiling i'm not chicken talking meat. about this you don't want to talk about popeye's chicken <laughs> do you have something to say are you i i, I, I do I, go ahead go ahead talk about talk about i it. do i do have something to say and it's not to Popeyes. Okay. I have something to say to all chicken manufacturers. Okay. All sellers of chicken, listen to me right now. We've talked about it before on this podcast. Popeyes is coming out with chicken nuggets. This is my message to Popeyes. The Popeyes chicken nuggets are going to go hard. We all know this. <clears throat> we know that the chicken nuggets from Popeyes are going to be off the chain. I can't believe they haven't done this before. There are chicken wars that are heating up. <laughs> Popeye's got chicken. Obviously, Chick-fil-A is a chicken place. Everybody's going to chicken route. I think there's some beef shortages, but people love chicken. They get their land in the chicken, 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 chicken. I want Popeye's to fight the urge to do one thing. What is that? And I'm serious about it. I better not see in one Popeye's chicken nugget commercial a black person <laughs> singing about chicken. Okay, I've seen this too many times. I saw a Chick Fil A commercial about a grilled chicken salad, with a with a, with a, where she goes mm-hmm. lemon kale Caesar on Chick Fil A. Like, on Chick Fil A, it's not even fried chicken. It's like lemon kale Caesar, <laughs> and, then, and then you gotta you gotta see that commercial, and then you gotta watch. Mm-hmm. Popeyes. I forgot about and, that. <laughs> I'm telling you, and it's always like white people enjoying chicken in like a very wholesome way, and black people go like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and it's just chicken, now chicken, chicken. Now I can't believe it. It's like what Cat Williams said. Cat Williams has a whole bit on it. 
I'm telling you right now, <laughs> stop with the chicken singing. <laughs> I've eaten more chicken than anyone. Chicken might make you do a little dance. I'm not going to lie. But we don't but walk around to, the house singing, singing our food like that. Singing chicken praises stop. and chicken hymns. The moment I, the, it's so fucked up how hard it is sometimes. The moment I saw this, I'm like, oh, Popeye's got chicken nuggets. I wasn't thinking, damn, those going to be good. I was thinking, they're going to make some niggas sing about the chicken. <laughs> Somebody right now is getting a call. You know, uh, I haven't seen singing. singing since 2020. So I'm I'm hoping it stops. The Let Me Kill Caesar commercial. I mean Popeye's. Oh, it's true. Okay. So hopefully it stops. Okay. Hopefully it stops. Hopefully it stops. Uh, no Van's very serious question this morning, uh, th- today. We already did kind of very serious podcast. Uh, I'm very happy to be back. I'm very happy to be recording the podcast again. I'm very happy to start on uh, a journey that I hope helps me remember my father and live a better and fuller life. And that means, you know, coming to terms with some things about myself. So uh, and I, 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 we touched on it before. Rachel, to you personally, the video that you made, we all sat around and watched it as a family. Like we we watched it as a family and it touched the entire hearts Aww. of all of my family and everyone was just so thrilled. We I couldn't have asked for a better group. So weird. Only two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I was at war with the Thought Wars. And now <laughs> I don't know what I would be would have done without so much love and support and what my family would have done. So Rachel, I just want to make sure that everybody knows right now how much we appreciate you, uh, how much we appreciate you holding it down and all the nice words you said in the well wishes and the barbecue that you sent. And the barbecue. Yes, we sent the barbecue. I I, I was nervous because we were like, is this going to be good barbecue? I don't know. I don't know nothing about Baton Rouge. You can tell me if it wasn't. We don't know nothing about Baton Rouge barbecue, but it was good. So here's the thing. So I get to Baton Rouge, and the first thing I do is have my mom and my grandmother go to Whole Foods because I'm like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna oh, maintain my diet. <laughs> I'm gonna maintain my diet while I'm here, right? So this is what happened. This is what happened. I'm gonna maintain my diet while I'm here. I'm gonna work out. I'm gonna do all this stuff. I'm not gonna li- li- take an excuse to gain like 15 pounds because I'm back home with all around all the food and stuff. So <clears throat> I had made some salmon, and. Uh, we had gone and did stuff with dad at the beginning of the day. And then I come back and I had whipped up some salmon and some salad and I had made it. And I had just eaten it. I was like, yo, that's a good day of eating. All of a sudden, I go outside to the Airbnb. I'm like, who could this be? Like, what are we talking about? I go out to, hey. And my boy Chris is like, oh, shit. And I see it says voodoo barbecue. <laughs> and. <laughs> I'm like, who I'm like, who is this from? It says uh, it's from Kalika or K, which I don't know why they said that. I but, put her name. I put I gave them her number if they were going. to. Oh, OK. Mm-hmm. Oh, so then we get it in there and I'm like, huh? And Kalika's like, yo, did you send us food? And she goes, uh, no. And then I open it up. And it says from from uh, Brian and Rachel. And I'm like, oh, my God. Man, Rachel came through with some pulled pork, some sausage, some smoked chicken, some sweet potatoes, some goddamn uh, like uh, what do you have? Some uh, some macaroni and cheese. The whole nine, the whole nine is on the plate. I don't think you sent anything green. My my grandfather would be <laughs> upset. Um, and and you know what? Right, this was right after I ate the the salmon salad. I was like, 
fuck it. We we doubling back. But that's and we how sat it should there be. And we ate. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to worry about that. But I have to say, it wasn't just me. It was a team effort. Trudy, Donnie Beecham, TD, the whole mm-hmm. higher learning fam. Um, everybody wants to come together and just support you. So we, as you embark on this this new journey, as you stated, we are here to uplift you, support you, wrap our arms around you, and do what we can and to give you shit. Like welcome back. Like I'm not, not gonna not gonna stop doing that either. Oh yeah, we 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 we're we're back on our shit. And I also want to say something else right now. Uh, shout out to our producers Donnie Beecham and Trudy. Uh, Trudy is actually dealing with some family stuff right now, so our thoughts and prayers are, are 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 with Trudy as she deals with some things that are going on in her family right now. We're thinking about her, Trudy. We love you, uh, and we support you. Don't know what what lessons are we're supposed to be learning in this season, but uh, hopefully, whatever lessons we're supposed to be learning in this very difficult season, we are learning them. And that's what we're that's what we're doing here. We're putting our thinking caps on. So absolutely, learn from each other. Learn from the universe. All right. Take your thing caps off, but do not stop learning. Higher learning is back. We will be back on Friday. I am Van Lathan Jr. I'm Rachel Lindsay. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.